0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Blood, fraud, and money. One of the big stories in the last 10 years in my world of financial media, financial investing, financial retirement financial trends was this woman from Stanford, Elizabeth Holmes, raised hundreds of millions of dollars from investors, all tied towards her promising medical testing startup that I think she tinkered with at Stanford, Theranos with Theranos. The promise was that you could take a single drop of blood and do a lot of diagnoses with it. Now the company has been humiliated, shamed, Exposed, ethically challenged um, for making relationships with companies like CVS and companies like Safeway to put the technology in their stores so that when you go in, you could say, hey, I'd like a quick blood test. It's one drop of blood and I can find out if I have cancer. Holy mackerel, let's do it. Let's catch that cancer early. But it turns out that the technology, I don't, it's a fraud case, so it's really tough to get into all the details. But it turns out that they were sending a lot of the blood tests, that they would get the prick of blood, and they would send it to another company to run it for like STD tests or whatever test. Um but not the big ones. Oh, that's coming, that's coming, that's coming. So Elizabeth Holmes, when she came out of college, uh, I want to say Forbes does a top 50 Hottest entrepreneurs under thirty, top fifty, um, fastest to a billion dollars, and she was one of them. And she's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and I, I think a billion dollars made her look really, really attractive. Now, I, in the hashtag Me Too, I, I get it. I'm, I'm kind of saying like, she turned heads. You know, she's not a computer programmer that is a troll. She's a smart, well put together Stanford. Student who came up with something that could change the world, right? But what's interesting about it is, while they got hundreds of millions of dollars of investments, they didn't have the technology. That's like me saying, like, hey, uh, on July 5th, I'm going to take you into a cave where I'm going to show you the largest gold find ever. And then July comes around, I'm like, no, no, no I'll show you in September. I want to make sure everything looks pretty and shiny. So the Thrana story is an important one. It comes down to Forrest Gump. That's a great story. And you tell it so well. I hate Forrest Gump. There's so many things in the world I hate and that I've got anger towards. That's one of them. Am I as stupid as a stupid doers. So innovators who seek to revolutionize and disrupt, sometimes they've got to tell the investors things that, what they hope the technology could do one day versus what it can do. Holmes began to rise to national attention back in 2013 when she claimed that Theranos had developed a medical technology that could do the impossible. They could run thousands of medical tests using blood from a teeny tiny fingerprint and do it quickly and cheaply. Henry Kissinger joined the board of directors. James Mattis, now Trump's administration secretary of defense, joined. Holmes had claimed her machines could process 90% of the tests performed by standard lab equipment. Those statements won deals and partnerships for Theranos and Holmes. Walgreens, when they're saying like, hey, we'll put your blood prick technology in our stores. She hid data from people. She asked people to compromise their ethics. And that's where it becomes a huge problem. Holmes was using the company's glowing profile in the media to raise more money. Holmes and former president Ramesh Marwani knowingly made repeated false or misleading statements, so the SEC came down on her. At one point in time, Theranos said that they could have generated $100 million in revenue in 2014. In 2015, they told investors that they're bringing a billion dollars in revenue. A lot of things that turned out to be false claims. This is where the SEC is great, but this is where the SEC needs more funding to protect you. So, Theranos has let go of many employees. Clearly, they are a damaged company that's fallen and won't get up. Some of the technology will be sold off. Clearly, her status as a billion-dollar hottie scientist has been debunked. She's going to have to pay $500,000 to settle charges that she oversaw massive fraud. She's not allowed to work as a publicly, as a director or as an officer of a public company for 10 years. Now, that seems like a slap on the wrist because it's a slap on the wrist. When you talk about how many millions of dollars um, that have already been returned to some of the investors and how many millions of dollars that were burned, not burned literally, but burned through. And she got to uh, admit no wrongdoing. And she came out of the fraud pretty well. So, I guess my story is something along the lines of crime does pay in the United States and it pays pretty darn well. And you should be very conscious of that. And I am because I felt I didn't fall for the story, but there's no way to va- validate the, the data. You just had to trust. Like the Snake in the Jungle book said, trust me. You know, one of my biggest fears, like five, 10 years from now? is that I'm a Generation Xer and I've been through market corrections. My fear is the Generation Millennials. I've gone through multiple crises. I've seen good markets. I've seen bad markets. I've seen what compliance is and I've seen fraud from companies like Theranos. But the generation gap between people who were in the business before 2006, 2008 and the people who've started since then, which again, it's been 10 years. We have some traders out there who are like, things always go up and we're in an interest rate with zero to very low interest rates environment. And we're getting deregulated right now. So my fear is, is that the people now who've been in the markets working particularly in the markets for 10 years or less have only seen good times. I know it's kind of different because a couple weeks ago, you could do a story on millennials. You know, the people have seen 2000 market crash. 2008 market crash mom and dad lose their house i have to stay in the house because i got student debt but now we're starting to get past that and get to the point where it's been good days it's been a virtual pass of of hire so that's something that spooks me down the road i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing more find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. 800 516 twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight one six five one twelve uh five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Um to get your calls on the air. Just trying to find some stuff to talk about today that's of interesting of note. Um, let me turn down a couple things. So Toys R Us goes bankrupt. I think some of the things that pops out of my head at that point in time is a lot of jobs being lost, a lot of kiosk type of jobs in the future. I don't see the next big toy stores having a ton of employees walk around making $12, 13 $14 an hour. I see the ramifications of how much shelf space Target and Walmart have as a big problem. How much flexibility Amazon has is a big problem. And just how times have changed. So I think the iPad's been a bit of a problem, to say the least, for Toys R Us. Um, I think what's, again, sad for me is it's a bit iconic. And I'm not, trust me, I'm not the kind of guy to get upset by this kind of stuff. But there are jobs there. And clearance sales could begin within weeks if you want to start to get your Christmas presents early. Or if Santa wants to do a little shopping, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke, Now the time to do it. You have until, I believe, about 30 days to use your Toys R Us gift cards. I don't even want to think how much money is going to be lost and left on uh, the gift cards. Is that fair? Um... So liquidating all the stores, and it's a bitter end. Um, Again, for me, again, everything must go means bargains, bargains, bargains. That's great, but everything must go means employees are going to be lost. Initially, Toys R Us wanted to keep open about 400 stores, um, but it's going to lose about 33,000 employees. Will the unemployment rate spike on that? It won't. But is it something to add into the story as this is why we're doing this story? And again, they just never really hit it out of the ballpark with a platform that worked on the Internet. So I think that's, you know, again, one of the big reasons they failed, right? So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing and more could always talk about um, the stock market. I think everyone has some fascination with what's going on on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis, and I guess here we are halfway through uh, March, and we're still trying to get a feel for the year because it started off hot, then it went kind of cold, then it went kind of reflex back, snap back. We're hearing more about trade wars. Uh, Lawrence Kudlow, who, I don't know, he's not my favorite economist, but He's been in the business and industry a while. He's joining the Trump administration, placing Gary Cohn. Uh, He's a good choice if you want, you know, the good old days of the '80s and '90s of the Reagan era of Trump being a young man cruising around New York City, because that's what he is. He's a a throwback to Reagan's cabinet. Cudlow is, so that's we know what we're getting. Toys R Us is liquidating. Bad for Mattel and Hasbro. Um, William Sonoma and Dollar General delivered better than expected earnings reports and or outlooks. William Sonoma is a play on Home Depot and Lowe's, in my opinion. And housing in the United States. I don't think William Sonoma is going to go out of business anytime soon. Well positioned for housewares. Export prices came out this morning. And we saw that they were up two tenths of a percent in February, and two tenths of a percent excluding agriculture. Um, Import prices up four tenths of a percent. Nothing really large there. Initial claims for unemployment still well below three hundred thousand. Any number beneath three hundred fifty thousand is good. So any number between under three hundred thousand is considered, in my opinion, pretty darn good. So we're employed, and we're not seeing a lot of wage inflation. In fact, I'm not seeing anything material today on the inflation front. So, but markets have been fickle recently. Would you agree? That's a true statement. The S and P 500 is flirting with its 50-day simple moving average. Um, I do believe in. Okay, here's where I get kind of funky. I believe in technicals to a point. I don't believe in technicals to a religion. And I see way too many people go, you know, I got this all figured out. I know exactly what's going to happen. And that's not exactly right, in my opinion, the right way to do it. So um, I think when you start reading charts, you lose the fact that there's some fundamentals and there's some things with the economy and the president and Congress and ways of making economies move forward and ways of making economies move backwards. Food and beverage retail is one of the largest categories of consumer spending. It accounts for about $800 billion in the United States. And so far, it's been pretty immune to e-commerce. But as Toys R Us falls and Jeff Bezos makes more money, there's a question on like how soon until we Amazon bucks the trend and gets the fresh grocery delivery service right that everyone's talking about that everyone's doing. I'll do Safeway delivery on a regular, pretty regular occasion. Walmart, the country's biggest grocery retailer, said yesterday that it's dramatically expanding the number of places where shoppers can pile food into a virtual shopping cart and have their purchases delivered. Target, late last year, purchase delivery startup shipped, S-H-I-P-T. Make sure I say that correctly so I don't get fired or suspended for a few days. It's offering same-day delivery of assorted groceries and other goods from the majority of Target stores this year. So the kicker is it's when you go to the grocery store, you, there's four things that you want. There's like fruits, dried goods, fresh meat, and snacks. You feel like you could wander around the store and grab everything you need. Uh, virtually doing it, it's a good experience and it's a faster experience, but sometimes you feel like, oh, I forgot that. And it's always something like whipping cream. Like, uh so you got to go to the store anyway. When all is said and done. So, Walmart, Kroger, and all the big chains have tested home delivery, and they're getting it better and better. So, I remember that Webvan burned through about a billion dollars before it shut down in 2001, and no one wants to be Webvan 2.0. So, everyone's tinkering, tinkering. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Twitter: robblackshow.com.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay
1: Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Poor, poor Bitcoin. The rise and fall, the ups and downs. It's too much for me for something that has almost as much value as Mario coin. It's tough to say what it's worth. Prices of major cryptocurrency saw a sharp downward slide this week um, after Google and Facebook have now both announced that they're going to ban advertising related to the sector and a couple other sectors like Forex. They have ever heard a commercial for, hey, time to trade Forex, you could buy the Iraqi dinar. The United States is currently pumping billions of dollars into Iraq to rebuild Iraq. And when they do, that Iraqi dinar is going to soar 120,000, 5,000 percent, potentially in one week. Yes, you too should get in on the Iraqi dinar. It's such, I'm not going to say the word scam, but you ain't making no money on the Iraqi dinar. And if anyone can find me one person who has, who hasn't been the middleman selling it to you. I would be very surprised. So large selling from a trustee of a now defunct cryptocurrency exchange, Mount Gox, partly to blame. Bitcoin now trades as low as 76 76 Lots of factors. It's just not my cup of tea. And I hate it because someone will email me this week. Hey, I listen to your show all the time. What do you think about Bitcoin? And I'll just go... Rrr. That's what I'll do. I'll go, er. So what else is there out there? Um, I think I should talk a little bit about China and trade war. Chinese are prepared for a trade war with the United States. What does that mean to you? You may not remember a good one. I would be cautious I, approach in approaching a trade war as not as frivolous. I would approach it much, much more so as what if things get a little out of hand? Best case scenario, things get fixed last second. What's the worst case scenario? The Chinese made it really, really clear in the past. If you want a trade war, they're prepared. Because, of course, they have a very large market and a very robust economy, just like we do. Um, Some things to remember, though, is Chinese exports to the United States improve the American standard of living by selling less expensive goods to the United States that we benefit from. And we tend not to make those anymore. For instance, like running shoes. Um, we've let them do all of our running shoes in Asia. Therefore, if Nike were to say, let's fire up some factories in the United States because there's this trading war, tariff thing that's going to happen, it could become a problem. We don't have the labor market set up for it, and we don't have the labor prices set up for it. There's an awful lot of American companies that are making large sums of profits inside of China, whether it's Apple, whether it's Buick, Um, Or other companies, you know, there would be some ramifications if something blows up in China, U.S. trade war. Now, again, uh, Larry Kudlow, the new go-to guy in the administration, he just says, I want things to be fair. I just want, at this point in time, China to look at it. So he's already set himself up to back out and say, well, we we tried. So I don't think things are going to go horrible, but I pay attention, too. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Largest U.S. radio company, iHeartMedia files for bankruptcy. We'll talk about that. But first, let's bring on a quick real estate report with Tony Mendez. See what Mr. Mendez has to say about the real estate markets. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. I look at the 10-year treasury as one of those gauges of when to invest and when not to invest. And when I see it under three and a half percent, I'm like, "Hmm, I can buy a ten-year Treasury bond and get two point one percent for ten years. Is that enough?" I'm like, "Nope," because inflation's roughly at two percent. Now, if inflation spikes, then suddenly my money's losing value, losing purchasing power. And again, the best way I can say that is, I grew up when we drink water out of a hose for free. Um and then they started putting in bottles, and it became 25 cents a bottle, 50 cents a bottle, 75, $10, $50. Same thing with Coca Cola. If you had a quarter, you used to be able to go to a vending machine and get a soda. And it was kind of a magical thing here that Coke slide down the, the, the vending machine. Now you have to have $2. So um, that's kind of where that is. But the 10 year treasury is a little different than what the Federal Reserve does. The Federal Reserve raises interest rates in the short term lending. So if Bank of America says, I want to borrow money, it's going to be at a very super low interest rate, but it's getting more and more expensive. So hopefully you'll see some companies like Bank of America say, you know what? The crazy loans we don't want to do anymore. We want to like cut back on those, but the crazy loans are where they make most of their money. So that's worthy of note. But the 10 year treasury doesn't always reflect what the federal reserve's doing. And the 10 year treasury, I think reflects more of what the mortgage market does. And the 30 year mortgage is still a pretty darn good deal. The 10 year treasury says, right now, buy stocks. And the 10 year treasury to me says, right now, consider buying real estate because the cost of money is incredibly low. 10 year treasury sometimes reflects economic fears. And economic fears could be um, high unemployment, economic fears could be the president might get impeached, economic fears could be tied towards terrorism. Uh, all those things could slow the economy or slow infrastructure spending or things along those lines. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, bayarealonesource.com. It's bayarealonesource.com. Good morning. Ah, uh, I hate the phrase. Good morning. There's nothing good about mornings, right? Um, it's
0: a very fine morning.
1: <laughs> I will mock you. What is that? Was it Dick Cheney? Saying it's fine morning. Play that one one more time, because now that I know it's Dick Cheney,
0: it's a very fine morning.
1: <laughs> I don't get it, but Dick, Dick Cheney feeding ducks or something like that, and he's trying to get the ducks over to him. Okay. That may be the oddest sound clip you've pulled in a while. Anyway, um, 10 year treasury, Tony, uh, a lot of foreign money is, is pouring into it and keeping it low, which is keeping mortgage rates 30 year in jumbos uh, pretty low.
2: Yeah, there's certainly a big flow of investment money into the United States. Uh, and then we also have the ECB keeping rates low. They're calling rates through 2019 or they're calling their QE program through 2019. So there's a good chance we see these kind of low numbers for a while. Uh, and it is going right into mortgage rates and mortgage rates are hitting um, new lows for you know, the past six months, 12 months.
1: And if they're not hitting lows, they're still historically pretty low. I think people should acknowledge that. Um, and if interest rates were at 5, 6, 7, 8%, you, you'd be able to afford a lot less house. And that means your home value would probably go down because people would be able to afford a lot less house. Um, that's the idea. So, um, how is the refi market slash new purchasing market? Is it about 50 50? It's about 60 40 right now.
2: Towards refis? Uh, Purchases 60. So, gotcha. Um, refines have kind of dried up. I think there's a saying in our business that anybody uh, who could have refinanced has refinanced. Of course, there's always the, you know, somebody who's trying to fix their credit or they're selling, uh, not selling, but uh, removing somebody from title or, um, you know, taking some cash out. And, you know, when we have low rates like this, there's, there's always going to be opportunities to maybe reamortize or shorten your term. So there's always going to be refinances, whether rates go up or down, um, but when they stay the same like this, you you will see refinances drop and purchases pick up. But you are right; you hit it right on the the head of the nail. And low interest rates do translate right into affordability. Um, we we do our show on Thursday nights, and we talk about this all the time and how the uh, interest rates are as they stay low like this. And, you know, without any foreseeable increases, we could theoretically and mathematically calculate that home price can keep going up. We you know, inventory is down. Um, the Bay Area we've seen some cities in the Bay Area lose 31% of their inventory year over year. Uh, and that's going nationwide. I think we're down to um, I think 37 days on the market. So there's some indicators of how this is playing into the purchase market. So there's no surprise that we're
1: 60/40 right now. I'm with you on that. Um to get a mortgage, what's the process at this point in time? For instance, for like a second home, if say I wanted to buy a home in Santa Barbara or Lake Tahoe to get away, is that easy comparatively to? We're in the twenty first century. Quicken Loans, you can get you can get an app and get a loan, right? Isn't that that's what Quicken does, right? Well, they advertise that. You still have to go through the
2: motions. You still have to run your credit. You still have to supply the supporting documents. Uh, I think we're you know, a place like Quicken is, is using the Internet and the ease of doing an application as a sales tool. But you still have to go through the motions. I'd say getting a second home is, is just as easy or just as complex as a single-family purchase or a refinance. It also depends on who you're working with. Uh, there's some people in the business, unfortunately, still in the business that don't know what they're doing. Uh, some even large banks are 60 to 90 days out on closings. Um, and you can't count on
1: those sometimes when you're doing a purchase. So Tony does a radio show here on KDOW Thursday nights, and there's a podcast available somewhere. I think it's at www.mortgagepodcast.com. I can't find it. Um You can find Tony, but Thursday night six to seven here on KDOW, and you can find him online at uh, BayAreaLendersource. That's BayAreaLendersource. You're listening to Rob
0: Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Don't forget, there's
1: another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I don't want you to do things like prepay your mortgage unless you consult your financial planner first, have a high mortgage rate, have a great savings rate, won the lottery, or something that's going to say you should move assets from your side of the balance sheet to the banks. I'm a pretty big fan of protecting you and sometimes debunking some of the myths that might be in your head. Don't lose money in the Wall Street casino. Don't lose money in the Wall Street casino. You've heard it on radio and television and probably internet ads. It could take up... A lifetime to make up the losses in the stock market. And yet the stock market sits at all-time highs 7 out of 10 years. I don't see how that's going to take a lifetime. Unless your lifetime is 5 years. That's how long it took the market to make a full recovery after the Great Recession. That's what he should say. So we had the big recession in 2006-2008. And we recovered. Nicely. To the tune of 300-400% to if you bought at the lows. If you bought at the highs, it it you were, it didn't take you a lifetime to recover. This is a tactic that's used to sell gold. It's a tactic that's used to sell Bitcoin. It's a tactic to use to sell currencies. It's a tactic to use to sell annuities. I hate annuities. If you were to put an annuity, well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go stupid on you. I hate annuities. I think people get suckered into buying them. There's a show on sports radio in this area where. McDonald or whatever his name is, he pushes annuities pretty hard, and it's pretty pathetic in my opinion, Um, and there's a lot of sales tactics that are are being pushed and forced on people uh, that I don't agree with. If you're unfamiliar with annuities, you basically go to an insurance company, and you give them your money, and in return, they pay you an income stream, usually for the rest of your life. In some annuities, if you die before you've received all your money back, too bad for you. The insurance company keeps the rest of your money. I know. That's how it works. And you're like, seriously? Yes. Now, there are plenty of annuities where that's not the case, where family members can receive cash back or even continued monthly income after your death, but you pay extra for that. Essentially, you're betting the insurance company that you're going to live longer than they think you will. Now, who do you think is going to win the bets when it comes to big money? and betting on how long you're going to live. Do you think the insurance company, or do you think you? Who knows better? They're going to take your money, they're going to invest it, they're going to give you back in dribs and drabs a little piece of it. Annuities are such terrible investments, the minute the government passed a law specifying that financial professionals had to act in the client's best interests, annuity sales fell off a cliff. And yet there's still someone on sports radio who pushes these things, and he shames you. Don't you want to take care of your family? No. (laughs) It's not taking care of your family. It's taking care of his family. In 2016, new rules were passed by the Department of Labor that stated that brokers have to act as fiduciaries. That means they had to put their client's best interest ahead of their own. Believe it or not, prior to their rule passed, stock and insurance brokers could sell you anything they wanted, whether it was right for you or not. So typically, they went after customers where they could sell products with the highest commissions, i.e. annuities. If... McDonald sells you a $200,000 annuity. The salesperson might take home $14,000 up front. The SEC hates these things. The bankers of the United States have written white papers that warn you about them. Good financial radio host and television host warn you about them. And then you'll hear that commercial. It could take a lifetime to recover from the stock market. Don't lose all your money in the Wall Street machine. Sales of annuities down 22% last year, two years ago, after the federal government said that you have to act as a fiduciary in people's best interests. They're down an additional 18% um, in 2017. First quarter of 2017, that's all the time that we have computed at this point. So fixed annuities prevent losses. You're typically guaranteed that the value of your principal will not go down, regardless of the stock or bond markets do. But the stock market goes up seven out of 10 years, historically for 100 years. If you get a fixed annuity and the stock market goes up 20%, you only get 4% and the insurance company gets the other. But in a fixed annuity, the market goes down 20% you don't lose any money. So it's being sold to people who are fearful. Fixed annuities, I get it. Let's say you take out an annuity and your circumstances change. So you need to money urgently. You're still in the surrender period. It's going to cost you big. So, not only do you pay 7% commissions, but it's going to, for surrender charges, start at 7%. So, you're not going to get your money back. Annuities are typically long term contracts. People buy them in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Consider that over the 10 year period, the stock market's only been down seven times in the past 80 years. And those seven times were all tied towards the Great Depression or the Great Recession. So, I hate annuities. I think they're horrible. I think they're sold, they're not bought. I don't think they're appropriate for 95%, 99% of people. And the annuities that are typically pushed by insurance people are darn near criminal, in my opinion. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
0: Where investors rule. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.